This podcast is sponsored by the Faith Mission Christian Fellowship Church Incorporated, continuing the vision for end time ministry. Be sure to purchase Kerry Golston's first ever publication, Go Teach My People Faith, co-authored by Lisa Williams, now available on Amazon.com. Interested in becoming a member, giving, or submitting a prayer request? Text Give Prayer or Member to 845-254-2445, fill out the prompts, and a member of our team will contact you. We believe that you'll receive wisdom, understanding, favor of God and men, health to all your flesh and bones, and revelation knowledge as you partake of the word. And we believe that your faith is growing exceedingly. In Jesus' name, amen. Come visit us at 160 West 129th Street in Harlem, New York. We'd love to see your face in the place. But for now, enjoy today's message. Glorify you, Lord God, for everything accomplished here today. We submit ourselves, spirit, soul, and body, unto your precious Holy Spirit, who is the teacher, the leader, the guide, the helper, the standby. He is the one who will teach through these lips. We present to him this body, these lips of clay, to speak as of the oracles of God, to meet the needs of God's people. We thank you and honor you, Holy Spirit, for being here with us now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. Let's turn in our Bibles, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you will listen up today, I believe the Holy Ghost has some nuggets for you. I, I believe he has some nuggets to share with you that's going to speak to you. Amen. Hallelujah. You got to be prepared to receive. You got to be prepared to receive. You have to be prepared to receive. You have to be prepared to receive. Do you realize that when a, when a farmer goes to plant seed, he doesn't just throw the seed on the ground. He prepares the ground for the seed. You have to be prepared for the seed. Hallelujah. Are you prepared? All you have to do is say, I'm prepared. That's it. See, that's how faith works. I am prepared. I'm ready to receive. I'm open to receive. Give me what you got. I'm ready to receive. Even what you have may be less than what I'm going to receive because I'm open to receive. See, because a seed is very small, but when it's planted, it produces greatly. And it's so fascinating that not only does it produce greatly, it reproduces after its own kind. So the seed that's planted, we talked about the, the, the oak tree, it produces the oak tree and the leaves and the branches, but it also produces more seed. All that was in that little seed. Well, I'm going to scatter some seeds today. And if you receive the seeds, glory to God, hallelujah, they can produce for you more than I'm putting out. But you have to know that and believe that and say that. Hallelujah. Some of you are going to leave here different than you came in Jesus' name. And it's going to be for the better. I'm telling you right now. Because I put on my Sunday go to meeting suit.
just because I knew today was your day. Amen. And you know when something big happens, you dress up. So I dressed up because I knew something was about to happen. You was about to get your seed and your harvest. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now see, I talked about preparing you to receive. This is one of the ways you prepare you. When I said that, some folks said, hallelujah, yes, praise the Lord. They were preparing themselves to receive while you sat there looking at me. The ground has to be prepared for the seed. Prepare yourself to receive. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Ha, ha, ha. All right, all right, all right. First Corinthians chapter 12. Thank you, Lord. Verse 28. And God hath sent some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. All apostles? No. All prophets? No. All teachers? No. All workers of miracles? No. Why do I say no? Because he said some. Have all the gifts of healing? No. Do all speak with tongues? He's talking about a ministry gift here. The answer would be no. That's tongues with interpretation. Do all interpret? Again, the answer is no. All right. Now turn, please, to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 11. Ephesians 4.11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. For what? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. What did he give these apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher for? He gave them for the perfecting of the saints. That's you. To perfect you or to mature you. For the perfecting of the saints. What do I need the saints perfected or matured for? For the work of the ministry. Because, because you're called to work in the ministry. So you need to be perfected or matured so that you can work in the ministry. Hallelujah. God's got too many pew-sitters. He never ordained pew-sitters. He ordained workers for the ministry. And all the preaching and all the teaching after salvation is for the perfecting or the maturing of the saints so that they could work in the ministry. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to go someplace today that we've never been before. And I can only share a little of it with you, but the Lord gave it to me. Just recently, I told you, this thing, when you get hot and heavy on something with God, he gets hot and heavy with you. He starts revealing and showing and uncovering stuff. And I'm telling you, you get, you get revelation like you never had before. But I'm not going to get to that until the end. So you have to hang around till the end. 
Amen. Because, see, I have to lay the groundwork before I get to the end when I can give you what I got. And it's good for you. Now, go back to 1 Corinthians 12. First Corinthians 12, 28. And God had set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles. Well, that's, that's evangelists. Then gifts of healings. It works with the evangelists also. And then helps and governments and diversities of tongues, diverse kinds of tongues. Now, remember I said to you, because I, I'm not, I haven't changed, I'm still with it. Because how many of you know faith comes by hearing? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's going to play into what I'm, I got to tell you at the end. But I have to hear a lot of this stuff because a lot of this stuff pertains to what God has called me to do and the realignment that I'm making in the ministry. Uh, just in general, for those of you who didn't hear, the Lord said to me that uh, I had the ministry out of alignment in that I was putting the church, faith mission, first over the international ministry. Well, he said, I've got to realign it and put the international ministry first, and then put the, the local church second. Not meaning one is more important than the other, but it's order. And that's what I want to show you right here with this. It's the order of God. God is a God of order. God does not do anything out of order. If it's out of order, it's not God. Ooh. So you mean it wasn't God all these... Only 15 years we was doing this. No, it was God. He didn't have it out of what I did. But I had to grow into a place where I could see it. I said I had to grow into a place where I could see it. So God lets you go along doing what you're supposed to do and you'll get it in order when you grow into it. The perfecting or the maturing of the saints. I got to be perfected or matured just like everybody else. So, I said to you, here by putting the church first, faith, mission, Christian fellowship first, and me acting as pastor and teacher, and then the Lord said, no, you got to realign it put it in its proper order. So I have to put the international ministry first, and the international ministry, it's governed by apostle and prophet. So now when you look at this order that we just read here, read it again. And God had said some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that, miracles, gifts of healings, helps governments. Now, governments in this list is the pastorate. Who's the government of the church but the pastor? So here's way down the list. Teacher and pastor is way down the list where apostle and prophet are up in the beginning of the list. So you can see the order of God. And why, what, why God told me what he told me, because in order to stand in the office, you got to get it in order. See, this is a proof text that the other one should come first. International apostle prophet. First apostles, secondarily prophets. After that, miracles. Then gifts of healings teachers, 
down the line. So you can see how the Lord, God is so good. I mean, he can explain stuff to you in one word. You know, just, it's out of order, turn it around. And then I go reading this, and I said, now I can see it. Now I can see exactly what you were saying. That's why it's out of order. Hallelujah. So, is your marriage out of order? Amen. Amen. It may work. It's worked for 15 years. But it's going to work better when I get God's order. So I say, is your marriage out of order? You got the wrong head? Or do you have two heads? Hallelujah. Are your priorities out of order? Is it God first if I don't have a party to go to the night before? Or if I'm not tired because I worked all week, you know what I mean? God's a God of order. You got to get it in order. See, it not only applies to this situation I'm talking about, it applies to your life, your marriage, your job. I don't like him, so I have to listen to him. I don't care if he is my supervisor. You out of order. Oh, Lord, what you talking about? I'm talking about the order of things. I'm talking about how God sees it. He said we ought to, we ought to submit ourselves to the powers that be, for the powers that be are ordained of God, and they are ministers of God. Some of them folk ain't even saved. But he said, you submit to them. Because I ordained them. Ain't even saved. It's his order. So he said, well, I don't have to do that because I know he's wrong. He may be wrong, but if it doesn't go against his book, God's looking at him as right, and you is wrong. Oh, I knew this would be a stem winder. I knew you'd be excited today. All right, let's go on. Let me speak some, give you some nuggets. The name. The name of Jesus is above every name. The name of Jesus is above your situation. The name of Jesus is above your problem. The name of Jesus is above your ailment. And remember, every knee's got to bow to that name. So your ailment's got to bow, your problem's got to bow, your situation has got to bow. Once you have faith in that name and exercise faith in that name and speak that name. Hmm. So the name of Jesus, there's an order. The name of Jesus comes first. And I'm going to say something that we don't normally hear. But it's the truth anyway. And we need to hear it receive it, and do it. The name of Jesus is above your name. What, what, what you talking about? I'm talking about me always putting me first. Oh, Lord, why you say that? That's right, that's right. Even above your name. I love me. I'm supposed to love me. The word says that we should love our neighbor as ourselves. So we have to love self first before we can love neighbor. 
But before we love self first, we better love him. And his name has got to be above our name. Otherwise, we out of order. Aha. I wish I had one of those, you know, I could twirl it, you know. Amen. So the name, the name, the name. The name of Jesus is above every name. And the nugget is, it's above your name. Remember that. When you wake up, when you're ready to go to sleep, when you're ready to invest, when you're ready to speak to someone, remember the name of Jesus is above your name. So speak the name of Jesus and get his direction before you proceed. Because it's not your doing, it's his. So you got to seek him to find out which way must I go. Not which way I want to go or I think to go because I is me and me is my name. Hallelujah. All right, next nugget. The blood. This is a bloody religion. It's a bloody religion. The blood of Jesus, the foundation for everything. And it never ceased. It never lost its power. The blood of Jesus is still relevant today, as relevant as it was when he shed it. And watch this now, watch this now, watch this now. Because see, this, this depicts most of our lives. When Jesus was being whipped, when he had the crown of thorns on his head, when they, when they put the nails in his hands and in his feet, when they pierced him in his side, he bled at each of those occurrences. And the blood ran down, and the blood ran into the ground, and the blood was splattered, and the blood was in the, the, the courtyard, and the blood was in the prison cell, and the blood was going along the, the, Bella, the, the what do they call it, Della Rosa, that place, and the blood was on Calvary, and the blood was on the cross, and the blood went into the ground. The blood was everywhere, but the scripture declares that he deposited his blood in the heavenly holy of holies. Where did he get it from? Where did he get it from? He collected every, every drop. The blood didn't stay in the ground. The blood didn't stay on the Della Rosa, whatever that thing is. That road. The blood didn't stay on the cross. The blood didn't stay in the in the in the Praetorium Hall there. The blood didn't stay in the in the cell. The blood didn't stay on the crown of thorns. Every ounce of blood was collected. Because it was deposited in the heavenly holy of holies. And I said, that's a type of your life. Because you done messed up, screwed up, up, down, up. You done your whole life. And every bit of it's been collected. See, you thought it was lost. But every bit of it was collected. God collected it to put you back together. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. See, he, he collected it all to put you back together. Because you was a mess somewhere going to happen. And some of you still on the road. But all of it can be put back together. Glory to God. Your life can be put back together. That's why you call upon the name and you plead the blood. See, the blood speaks of not only him, but my life. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, so plead the blood. The blood speaks to me. I don't care where I am, what my problem is, what my issue is, where I've been, where I'm going. The blood. The blood speaks to that. If he, listen, listen, this is the, this is the nugget. If God can cut let close take less tomba, let toma sacre take. 
Esprom de Sikima Sapata Gomasa. Not only was every drop of blood collected, but every person that ever lived, their body is going to be reconstructed. It didn't matter if they were blown to pieces. God knows where every piece is. And he's going to put it all back together. So likewise, the blood. The blood was collected. You can't, you can't see. You, we're talking about God. We're not talking about men who need machines to try to locate and you know how they have the, the stuff they put the, down and spray to try to see if there's any blood there? God knows where that blood is. He knows where every drop of it is. He knows where every drop, every particle of your life is. Every particle. Every particle. So see, you might be a mess today. But the day that you call upon the name of the Lord and get saved, he puts it back together. See, see, you, 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 uh, see, you become a new creature only in the spirit, but it's prepared for all of you. All of you. All of you. You are a spirit. Brand new. Brand new. It's all put back together. You get, the, you get another chance, another opportunity to go forward. Oh, let me move on. Next nugget. Prophesy. Speak to men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. Speak to men to edification, edify, build them up, to exhortation, exhort them, Tell them how good they are. They already know how bad they are. Exhort them. Exhortation or comfort. Anything else, anything else is beyond what you want to say. Edify them. Build them up. Exhort them, encourage them, comfort them. Everything else is beyond your realm because you don't know the whole story. See, all you know is what you see or what you think about the situation. That old dog. Well, to somebody else, he's not an old dog. That old dog part is the part you heard about. Even if you lived with that old dog. Just think of it like this. When you met that old dog, you was loved. Amen. Well, just think of that old dog when you first met him. God's in love with him just like you was when you first met him. Hallelujah. That's a, that's a good nugget. That's a good nugget. Amen. So matter, no matter what you think of them now, no matter what you think of them now, remember what you thought of them then. And you can't lie and say you didn't think it because you wouldn't be with them now if you didn't think it when you met them. You married them. Or in some cases, you just with them. So just remember, God loves them. So you need to speak to them to edification, to exhortation, or to comfort. 
at all times. At all times. You say, what's this got to do with apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers? Just hang on. Just hang on. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. Just, just hang with me a little while. All right? Now, I have a question for you. Because I'm doing this as I'm led by the Lord. Turn to, turn to 2 Peter chapter 3. All this going to come together. Don't worry about it. It'll come together. And if it doesn't come together today, it'll come together by Wednesday. And if it don't come together by Wednesday, it'll come together by next Sunday. And if it don't come together by next Sunday, <laughs> Wednesday after that. Amen. Second Peter chapter three. The clock say I got twenty-four, almost twenty-five minutes. I'm gonna use every bit of it. Tell you right now. Ain't no need looking at your watch. I'm gonna use all my time. And then I'm gonna then I'm gonna receive the offering. Second Peter chapter three, verse eight. Watch this now. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Hmm. Here come another nugget. Get ready. Here come another nugget. Here comes another nugget. Get ready. So, so, so he says, Don't be ignorant of this one thing. You have to know this one thing. That one day is with the Lord as a thousand years. And a thousand years as one day. This, gonna have, this has to do with apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. If you're here for the end. The word declares that the Lord changes not. Jesus Christ. Day with the Lord. Now listen to me now. Listen to me. I know it sounds boring right now, but if you listen, you're going to get a nugget. How old. How can I state that? How old is God today? And how old was he 10,000 years ago? Oh, wait a minute. The same age? So then that, that means that there is no such thing as time in the spirit realm. He's the same. He's the same today as he was 10,000 years ago, as he was 20,000 years ago. He's still the same ageless. So then answer me something. Maybe I'll answer you without you even asking. When we're Praying or reading or just minding our business, and all of a sudden we get a word from the Lord. What time is it? You hang with me now because this is going to help you. This nugget is going to help you big time. Okay, let me put it this way. Don't forget, what time is it? Let me put it this way. If the Lord told me, okay, like he told me, I don't know how many, what, 10 years ago? The Alhambra, that's your building. What time was it? It was now. That was 10 years ago. It was now. 
What time is it today? Wait a minute, 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 wait a minute. So then, whatever God said to you, it's now. He's not 10,000 years older today than he was 10,000 years ago. And what he said, whenever he said it, is still now. This is how we get messed up. Because we try to mix time with God in the spirit. So when God says to me 10 years ago, that's your building. He could have been talking about 30 years from me. But I say, but God, you said. Yeah, so. When I said it, it was now, and it's still now. Ooh, wait a minute, wait a minute. So, look, you know, you go to crying and snotting and catching. Oh, God, you promised me, God, I don't see nothing. Oh, you What's wrong with him? I told him now, and it's still now. I tell you, that nugget is going to help you. It's going to help you. It's going to help you, see? Because you've been messing around, banging your head against the wall, getting mad at God, cussing, fussing, lying, doing everything under the sun, trying to change what God said to make it fit because it didn't come when God told you, you ran and blabbed it to her. And she said, I don't see nothing. That's how we get messed up. That's how we get messed up. See, we want to we wanna hear it from God in the spirit where there is no time and bring it into the time zone and put a time on it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you see... <laughs> When the thing is kind of, when the Lord spoke to me years ago and said, my holy apostle and prophet, and I'm saying, who are you talking to? He was speaking in the now. I may have to grow into it, but he was speaking in the now. And when it happens, it'll still be now. So what are you fretting about? You are not responsible to bring God's word to pass. He's responsible to bring his word to pass. If he said that he's responsible to bring it to pass, you fretting and fussing and crying and lying and snotting and falling down and, you know, doing everything under the sun. And he looking at you like, what's wrong with him? Didn't I tell him? Maybe I won't tell them nothing else. Hallelujah. Oh, my, my, my. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> glory, glory, glory. Hey, did anybody get anything out of that? I mean, did you did, did you get something out of that? I mean, I mean, do did we did we plant a we do we plant a seed there? I mean, right there, you need a seed planted. I mean, it changes your whole outlook. I mean, it changes everything you thought you knew. It just puts it in a new realm. It puts it in the realm where God is. Hey, he said it. That's all. Hey, I don't know. Well, when's it going to be? I don't know who you ask him, but it will come. Because he said it. Glory to God. 
Glory to God. And, and see, our part is we have to believe it now. I believe it now. They are humble as mine now. Right now is mine now. Because faith is in the now. Why is faith in the now? Because God's in the now. <laughs> where are you going to go? I'll tell you. You can't go anywhere. The only thing you can do is learn his method. So you can work with his method. You can work with his method because his method is going to work. You can try all the other stuff you want. That's why sometimes folks say, you know, I'm called. Yeah, okay. Brother Moses. Brother Moses was called. He said, Moses, you will be my people's deliverer. Moses said, let's get with it. God said, where are you going? Where are you going? Where is he going? I said it now, and when it's time, it'll be now. <laughs> no, well, remember, the word declares, I'm, 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 I'm stuck on this here. I'm trying to get on to the next, but I'm stuck on this here. The word declares that before the foundation of the world, God prepared a body for Jesus. Long before anything, long before Adam and Eve, long before Satan's fall, God prepared a body for Jesus. And then the word declares that, and in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman. In the fullness of time. Whose time? Ours. Because God don't have no time. It's now to him. So when he prepared the body, the body was ready. And the body was needed. When he spoke about the Alhambra, the Alhambra was needed. And in the fullness of time, it'll be utilized. In the fullness of time, you'll be utilized. Mm, I'm going to quit there now. Yeah, buddy. We're going to be going somewhere else than that. Hallelujah. So then let me put, let me say, let me say this to you. Don't speak out everything that you get in prayer. Because it may not be now. God's subject to tell you something that's not going to come to pass for 15 years. But to him it's now. So the best thing you can do is put it in your journal. Walk on. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, having said that, <laughs> the Lord said to me years back when I first got, uh, well, after it was right after I was ordained, I've given you a cutting edge ministry. Not all will accept you. Some will even reject you. But you say what I tell you to say and you do what I tell you to do. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. He said to me a number of years back when I went down to Atlanta to try to hook up with a, with a minister down there. He said to me, I didn't call you to follow any man. I called you to be a leader. I said, oh, God, why do you do me like that? Because he had spoken some things to me, and I was about to get it out of water. You cannot get certain things out of order 
it can cost you your life. We get away with so much stuff because of grace. But there's some things it will cost you your life. Most of us in here have heard of uh, uh, Minister Jack Cole. Uh, he, back in the 60s and whatnot, he was, I mean, he, had, he was a healing evangelist. And I mean, he had miracles and signs and wonders greater probably than anybody else during that time period. And uh, the Lord told him to judge himself on three areas. He would not do it. But because he was moving in that realm of the supernatural, dealing with demons and devils and dealing with healing and, and miracles, he had to be right. He had to be in order. He did not do it. Cost him his life. Died at 38 years of age. At the height of his ministry. I mean, where people are getting healed, delivered. I mean, miracles like you've never seen before. But he got out of order. You can't afford to be out of order when you start dealing with those things. We're dealing with those things. And God is giving revelation. He's giving instruction. He's giving direction to keep you on the straight and narrow so that you don't get taken out by the enemy. Because you get it out of order and it gives him license to take you out. Just like Brother Jack Cole. And I ain't going nowhere. I'm going to stay on the line. So if he said cutting edge, now listen to this, listen to this now. Cutting edge is out front. Cutting edge is doing some things no one else has done yet. That's the apostle's ministry. He builds on foundations that no one else has built on. He blazes trails where others have not been yet. So therefore, he must of necessity be a leader. You got to be a leader because ain't nobody been there, so you got to take them there. Did you catch that? Yeah, I said you got to be a leader because you have to go someplace where nobody's been yet, so those who follow you have to have a leader to go there because ain't nobody going there till you went there. Cutting edge, I called you to be a leader. You see how stuff just starts coming together. God, God, I mean, God has a way of revealing. Like when he told me to read Romans, I ain't stopped. I've been reading my epistles ever since. In fact, I went, I think I went crazy Saturday. I, re I read Saturday and Sunday. And then, yeah, no, Saturday, Friday and Saturday, I read on Friday. And then Saturday, I read today. So I don't fall behind. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now watch this now. Only got seven minutes. Okay. Oh, how about what do you want me to do with it? Hmm. All right. Let's do this. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're going to look at verse 12. 2 Corinthians 12, 12. Thank you, Jesus. Now, this baffled me, but listen. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, the Bible outlines some signs. Now, you, word, you know the word declares over in Mark that these signs shall follow 
them that believe in my name. Okay? But no, notice this. Truly the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience. Patience. You know, the fruit of the Spirit, that's one of the toughest. Patience. Why so long, Lord? I've been waiting all these years. Lord, why so long? Patience. One of the signs of an apostle is patience. You could, you could lump it all together and say one of the signs of an apostle is fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. But he, he speaks to patience here. In signs and wonders and mighty deeds. Signs of an apostle. Patience, signs, wonders, and mighty deeds. Remember we talked about Jack Cole? Mighty miracles going on. Not saying he was an apostle. I believe he was an evangelist. But an evangelist, workers of miracles. So that's one of the, some of the uh, gifts that flow through the evangelist. Because he's out to get people saved. So now turn back to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, I believe it is. Chapter 9. Verse 1. Am I not an apostle? This is the apostle Paul speaking here. Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Wow. Are not ye my work in the Lord? If I be not an apostle unto others, yet doubtless I am to you. For the seal or the proof of my apostleship are you in the Lord. You're the proof of my apostleship. Now, what does all that mean? He says, am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Well, it has several different meanings right there. He's free he freely establishes things or foundations that nobody else has done. Like this ministry, this church. It was established where nobody else was from zero, from nothing, only from God's word. Okay? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? There has to be a deep personal experience with the Lord Jesus Christ in order to stand in that office as well as having the ability to establish ministry. So he says, have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Now he didn't see Jesus in the flesh because he came along after Jesus had already died and risen from the dead and was ascended. He saw him in a vision. And in that vision, remember, on the road to Damascus, he had a powerful, deep experience with God. He talked to Jesus. He saw him. And that he's saying here, that qualifies me to stand in the office of apostle. Hmm. Move right along. Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are not ye my work in the Lord? Are you not my work in the Lord? Did not I establish this ministry? And you're a part of it. More qualifications. See? See? It's not just, it's not just happenstance. It's not just somebody printing up cards and saying, I'm an apostle. There has to be something to go along with it. There has to be 
These are the elements involved. Now, if I be not an apostle unto others, yet doubtless I am to you. For the seal of mine apostleship are ye in the Lord, or my proof. He, was, he had been challenged about being an apostle. And he said, hey, I got the proof. I have the proof of my calling. So now, remember the word says that Jesus is an apostle. He's the chief apostle. There's none like him. We said it to you on, on the last uh, time we were together, the fact that uh, there's none other in the class of Jesus apostleship because he had all of the spirit. He had the spirit without measure. All of the spirit to be an apostle was in him. I know I got five, ten more minutes. That thing lying. So anyway, he had all of the spirit that there was to stand in the office of apostle. Now, watch this. I got another nugget for you. I can't, I can't get, I'm, I'm trying to get to my punchline here. But I got so much other material in between here and there. But I got another punchline for you. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Turn, please, to, what can I leave out? Romans 12. That's nearby, so let's turn over there. This is a montage of information today, but <laughs> if you listen, it's going to help you. It's going to help you even more when I get to the end, but I can't get to the end today. In Romans, the 12th chapter, look at the 6th verse. Having then gifts differing, according to the grace that is given to us. Now, now, now notice, when he talks about gifts here, he's talking about ministry gifts. He's not, not talking about gifts of the Spirit. He's not talking about uh, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. He's talking about ministry gifts, like apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, helps, deacons, tongues. That, that's what he's talking about. Now watch this. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministry. Or he that teacheth on teaching. Or he that exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth, he that giveth, he that giveth. Oh, God, have we missed this. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. A ministry of giving. Some people are anointed to give. And the anointing will take care of whatever it is you need to give. Oh, did we miss it? Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, givers. There's a ministry of giving. There is a ministry of giving. Some folk wonder why they get so much money. They're supposed to give it. But instead of giving it, they're hoarding it. There's a reason they're getting it. They're getting it to give it. Now. Now, now. Turn, please, to... Uh, Luke, I believe it is. Luke 8, Luke 8, Luke 8, Luke 8. Luke chapter 8. I'm going to stop in a minute. 
Luke chapter 8. There is a ministry of giving. And just as God calls people to minister a certain place, God calls people to minister to other people. There's a ministry of giving. And just like God said to me, go to Harlem, he can say to someone that he anoints and calls into the ministry of giving to go to Pastor Pharaoh. What I got to go over there for? You in Luke? Luke 8, watch this. There's another nugget. About to slap you with another nugget. I saw some of you going to sleep. I think it's time. And it came to pass afterwards that he went throughout every city and village, preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. Notice, the twelve were with him. And certain women, which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils, and Joanna, the son of Cusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others, which, what? Ministered unto him of their substance. What you talking about? I'm talking about these women and many others who were called to minister to him of their substance. They were in the ministry of giving. And the ministry of giving for them was to take care of him financially. What? in the book. Notice he did not say that about the twelve. That was not their ministry. Smack, smack. Wake up. He did not say that about the twelve. He said and Joanna and the wife of Chusa, Herod Stewart and Susanna and many others which ministered unto him of their substance. They ministered to him. They were called and assigned to receive, to take care of him. That's why you don't see many people in the ministry of giving. Because they don't want to do it. So no, Lord, this is mine. No, I gave it to you to support him. I'll take care of you if you support the one I call. Listen, this is a ministry. It's not a choice. We don't pick the ministry of giving just like we don't pick pastor. We don't pick apostle. That's a smack smack nugget. Everybody bend down and put the head down and say, I cast you out in the name of Jesus. No, that ain't God. It's in the book. What are you going to do with it? Pray that you don't receive that ministry? It won't work. The ones who received it didn't ask for it. I didn't ask for this. He doesn't ask you. He assigns you. He gives gifts to men to fulfill They said they was ready to go to another level with you. 
I'm preaching on another level. I'm preaching somewhere you haven't been before. I'm preaching something you haven't heard before. Thank you for listening to today's Living by Faith podcast. We trust you received something out of today's message. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at New FMCF. Friend us on Facebook at Faith Mission Christian Fellowship International. And always remember, be not afraid, only believe, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Jesus is Lord and he is coming soon.